everything is uh, customized for you. Social Security is different. You might have pensions, you might not. You have IRAs, 401ks, or maybe you don't. Maybe you have IULs, Index Universal Life, and you know a bunch of non-qualified plans, or you re- inherited a bunch of money, or a bunch of real estate. So everybody's plan is so different, you need to be involved for a period of time for that plan to be developed. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am filling in this week for a couple episodes here for Ben George, Mark Killian, your host, along with Mike Koyanen here on Reality Retirement Podcast with Mike. We've got a great show lined up. We're going to talk about handling some unreasonable requests as well as a few email questions along the way. And if you've got any questions or concerns of your own, reach out to the website. You can find the podcast there as well, principalpreservationservices.com. That's principalpreservationservices.com. Dot com and you can subscribe to the podcast while you're there. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources as well. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome, and uh, I think it's going to be just fine. I think you you got a good handle on things. Yeah, yeah, no worries whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, we were just chatting a little bit before we got started. So it's uh, it's November now, right? So we're getting into yeah. the weather change and all that good stuff. And uh, I'm a big fan of fall and, and uh, I, I guess winter. We're not winter yet, so we'll just call it fall, right, for now. But how about yourself? Do you like fall? I think I've enjoyed it more this year than I have other years just because we've had a really nice fall and a very hot summer, uh, unusually <laughs> right. hot, hot, dry summer with not a lot of moisture, not a lot of rain. Yeah. So uh, I'm enjoying a little bit cooler weather more than go. I used to. But And last winter we got spoiled because we didn't have a very harsh winter like we've had in other years. So I'm uh, anticipating and very, being very hopeful we'll have another winter like last. Gotcha, gotcha. So may- maybe it's, hopefully it'll be reasonable that you get another one of those, but you know it's Minnesota, so it might not be. Might still yeah. come in kind of heavy. So, well, let's talk about some unreasonable things, unreasonable requests. I don't. You know, maybe it's not unreasonable to ask for a mild winter again, but you know, certainly none of our podcast listeners, your podcast listeners, would be guilty of making unreasonable requests. <laughs> of course not. Uh, absolutely not. But um, we do hear these in the financial world. So let's talk about a few of these, and maybe you can kind of. I'll give you these, uh, you know, kind of sentences or these statements, and let you explore. You know, maybe what makes them unreasonable, and maybe some proper expectations or better ways to look at that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for example, I mean, we're all human, right? We all want big returns. We want to make as much money as we can, but it's unreasonable or is it unreasonable to say, hey, I want big returns, but I really don't want any risk. Pretty unreasonable. I mean, I've heard uh, many times throughout the years, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm just looking to get eight to 10% returns with 100% liquidity and no risk. I'm like, you lead the way. <laughs> lead the way, please. Show me where that Show is. Show me where uh, that is. Okay. And if somebody is actually talking about that, uh, they are being very unrealistic. And unfortunately, uh, I run from that investment because there's no such thing out there uh, right now. There's always going to be risk. And obviously, the, the greater opportunity for returns, you're sliding that scale more towards that risk side as well. So mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, that's just not very realistic to you know increase your returns with no risk. And we see what the banks are paying today. Obviously, you, you put your money into a CD, and I think you can lock your money up for about a year and make 0.5, Yeah, you know. So you see what what the um, the hundred percent safety type investments will will get you in return. But as you start putting more money and and not a guarantee to 
you know, not to lose here, you're going to actually, you know, take on some risk. So it's not being very realistic. Well, it's all about your time horizon, right? I mean, if you're younger, taking some chances, you know, it's part of life, right? We take more chances when we're younger, uh, for sure. But if we are getting closer to retirement, then, and again, I get it. And maybe this market is a, is not helpful in some ways, Mike, because it's been going for so long now. I mean, we're almost 12 years on this run that it kind of gives us this false sense of security. And so we want to take more risks and think, well, it's just going to go up forever. Yeah. And that we know that's not realistic as well when we look at, you know, what did the, the market do last year? I know, granted, it recovered from the coronavirus bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I remind people at the our seminars we're doing here on a regular basis, I said, just look back here. I've, you know, we're just past, you know, uh, October of 2007 was when the start of the real estate bubble happened. And that was right. a little over 14 years ago. I said, just look at where you are today. And a lot, most people who come to my seminars are um, upper 50s, 60s, 70s. I said, you're 14 years younger. So if you're 65, <laughs> you know, you're 51 years old, pretty much my age. I was, I'm almost turning 50 here really soon. I said, you had time you know, to recover from what had happened. Um, if something like that happened today, what is your time horizon to, to recover? How long is it going to take to get your money back? So I'm just trying to be realistic with, with uh, everybody in that situation. The risks that they're taking uh, might be, yeah, don't get so caught up in the market. It's going to go up forever. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's not a guarantee. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just turned 50 last month. So yeah, mm. I'm with you there. It's kind of like the uh, turning 50, I feel like, is the unofficial kickoff to thinking about retirement. <laughs> kind of like Memorial Day is the unofficial kickoff to summer, right? Yeah. Once we turn 50, we start really thinking thinking about this more. so uh, That's true, because when we do seminars, we don't get hardly anybody under age 50 that comes to our seminar. Yeah. So that's that's it, about... It kind of kicks true. it in the gear a little bit more for you. You're right. Well, we're talking about these unreasonable requests. So again, we all want big returns, but it's a little bit unreasonable to think you can, you know, you're going to get that with no risk. So you know, keep that in mind, set those expectations. Uh, the reducing the fee conversation, Mike, you know, can you reduce your fees for me? I know some advisors do the sliding scale thing. And again, we want the best deal we can get. Yeah, absolutely. We we do, uh, you know, and I think our situation is different with our our business because, you know, I'm the owner founder of Principal Preservation Services, which is an insurance agency, but I'm also the owner founder of Principal Well Services, which is where we manage our clients' assets in the market. Um, so when we're we're managing money in the market, there is a fee associated with that. As fiduciaries, we start off with a one percent kind of a standard in this industry management fee. It will go down a little bit. The more assets clients have, it does go down a little bit. You know, they're going to get a discount, but it's not realistic to get it down to almost nothing. Uh, we've had a couple requests for people had said, you know, I'll do business, get it down to uh, half a percent, and we'll uh, we'll come on board, but. What we're finding is, and we've never gone that low. Uh-huh. Um, as I said, that's just really below our, it doesn't make it worth our while for the time we're going to put in and the value we're going to give you. I think a lot of people, they they come from that mentality says, well, I'm not paying any fees on my 401k. Why would I want to put, <laughs> right. I said, well, reality is you are paying you for are. fees yeah. on your 401k, but, and there's like, no, I don't. Look at my statement. I get $25 a year comes out of my account. And I remind them, I said, you know, look at all these buildings you drive by. 
you know, I'm not picking on any of these companies, but, you know, you look at the fidelities of the world and any of these 401k companies, Transamerica or over here in Minnesota Security and Minnesota Life, Alaris, they don't build those off of $25, $50 a year fees. Yeah. (laughs) They don't, um, they're making money and they go, how come I don't see them? I said, they don't have to show you that. They have different levels of suitability rules, disclosure rules than what we do. Um, your your fees are being taken out before you get the statement. So um, we've actually pulled up a few and saved a few of these 401k companies' disclosure forms and showed them what they're paying in fees. And most of the time, they're paying more than what we're charging. And they're getting no guidance, no tax guidance, no guidance at all with retirement besides just being invested in the market. yeah, And so we're giving them a, a huge discount when it comes to fees. You know, Mike, that's a great point too. And the point you made about the, you know, the value or the level of service, you know, if you keep kind of trying to get the lowest price, as we all know, we don't always get the best service if we're trying to go to the lowest person, right? Someone gives you a bid to, you know, build a deck on your house and it's way lower than, you know, the other three people you got, you have to start scratching your head. You wonder why, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You're not getting yeah, the value. It, it, we want to you know treat everybody the same that's why we just put our standard there we're not going to you know once you do it for one and then all of a sudden his brother and his cousin and his best friend <laughs> everybody wants that same deal right yeah, yeah. and you know we're putting the same amount of work into it and um and sometimes we're finding the ones who want the discount are the ones who want the most of your time as well and so we just we have it as a set standard our practice we already have our breakpoints the more money you bring here, the more money you're going to save in fees. Um, but also what we do on the on the uh, principal preservation side is there are some safe investments that don't have fees at all. Yeah. And so what we're finding is most clients were coming here with one and a half to two and a half percent average fees uh, coming on board and then from where they were at. And most of our clients are paying about 0. 0.7, 0.75% in fees when they come to work with us. So they're saving a considerable amount of fees. Gotcha. It's all about that value for sure. So again, unreasonable requests. Uh, I love this one, Mike. How can I get out of paying taxes on the money in my <laughs> IRA or my 401k? I mean, the getting out part, yeah, not, not so reasonable. Well, there is a way you can just give it away, you know, to okay. charity, right. you know, so, so you can do a qualified charitable distribution and and um, it'll meet your even your RMD requirements. You can give your IRAs to charity and not have to pay taxes. Great but most point. people don't want to do that. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of people want to convert their money to Roth. And um, they said, well, why do I have to pay taxes? If I, if I take my 401k and put it into <laughs> Roth, I have to pay taxes? I go, yeah, because yeah. you've never paid taxes on that money. Uncle Sam's and, waiting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have, just don't understand what they've been doing through the years. You've been putting money in these 401ks or IRAs and they're like, why do I have to pay taxes again? I said, you never pay taxes on this money. Mm-hmm. So I just have to remind them how it works um, and remind them if you want it, you know, everybody says Roth is great. So they want to put all this money into Roth. And then I find out, show them what the tax bill would be to do that. And then they're like, I don't know if I want to do that much now. Um, yeah, it's, so, there's a strategy to that too, right? So that you don't kick yourself in a higher tax bracket. And so, exactly. Yeah, you want to do that smartly. You can, you know, converting, I think, is a great idea. And, and it's a way to uh, be more efficient with your taxes. Mm-hmm. You just want to do it smartly. Right. And we're always looking at these marginal tax rates and look at the tax brackets, trying to maximize these brackets because these tax brackets will expire after 2025. Could be sooner. We hope not. But right. uh, what could happen is I, I just remind people where those tax brackets were in 2016 before 
um, these tax brackets got adjusted. And it's a good deal right now to convert some of those monies for, you know, not for everybody, if it fits your situation, uh, to convert to a Roth. I'd rather pay a, you know, 12% or a 22% tax today to save, you know, three to 5% in the future off a higher value. So when you, you get the big picture, um, it makes sense. I, I just had some a conversation yesterday. Somebody wants to convert over two hundred thousand dollars, and mm. you know, they want to maximize, you know, the twenty-four percent tax bracket. They want to do some serious Roth conversions, and they're willing to pay the price because they see the big picture. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, as those accounts grow, if you go into a higher tax bracket later, well, you're paying more money. So, yeah, uh, you want to definitely make sure you're balancing that. Well, we're talking about these unreasonable requests, and and this last one is kind of an interesting, tricky one, I think, because you know you do the podcast, you do different things to try to, you know, obviously you run a business, you're having people come in. And, and we'll get a, a plan put together, a strategy put together. And sometimes people just say, well, you know what? This is not my thing. I can't deal with it. I don't understand it. Just do it for me. And to a degree, I mean, that's what we're paying you know, a professional to do for mm-hmm. us. But if you don't participate, right, it's really, is it really your plan? So you still got to kind of be involved here. You can't just turn everything over and then walk away. Yeah, 100%. You know, I agree. Uh, you have to be part of the process. You know, we're willing to build out a plan and, and, and do that for you, but we have to get through the whole process. Got to know you, right? Yeah, we have to get to know you. We have to get to know your expenses. We need to have all the details. Uh, I mean, I've had multiple times through the years where people have seen me on TV or they've listened to my podcast or they've been referred and they said, hey, can you just send a brochure in the mail? And I go, a brochure? I don't have a brochure. You know what I mean? Like a pamphlet. <laughs> oh, right, As right. like, I'm not selling you know, one thing I said, we're, we're selling retirement planning and that takes time. That takes you to be involved. You, know, you have to be present. And, and it also uh, had a meeting last night and, you know, they came to a social security seminar. She did anyways, but her husband uh, didn't come to the seminar, um, didn't come to the meeting and she wants to get planning done, but she's kind of stronghold because we can't do anything until he's on board. Yeah. And so it takes two to, you know, if there's two in the household, it takes both of you to be involved with that. Even if one's really not interested in doing it, uh, go through that. It's going to take about six, eight hours of your time and the plan can be put in place, but you, you just can't expect it to be done for you because we're not you know, just selling the same investment to the same people. I mean, to right, everybody, yeah. everything is uh, customized for you. Social security is different. You might have pensions, you might not. You have IRAs, 401ks, or maybe you don't. Maybe you have IULs, Index Universal Life, and you know a bunch of non-qualified plans, or you re- inherited a bunch of money, or a bunch of real estate. So everybody's plan is so different, you need to be involved for a period of time for that plan to be developed. Yeah, and that's a great point, especially about both parties being involved if you're married. Because I, I use my car analogy with this, Mike. You know, we don't all need to know how to take apart a combustion mm-hmm. engine and put it back together, but we all basically need to know how to drive and operate the vehicle, right? Yeah, and just general maintenance. General yeah. maintenance, right? So Get the oil change. You got to know the basics tires. of your retirement plan. You, at least the basics. It doesn't have to be your thing. It doesn't have to be totally into all the X's and O's. But you have to understand the basics so that if something does happen to the other spouse who maybe is leading that charge, well, then you're not caught. You know just totally lost and and wondering what to do. So that's a great point here this uh, on this episode of the podcast. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of your seminars, folks. If you stop by the website, principalpreservationservices.com, on the events tab, you can pull that up and you can see what's coming up down the pike as well. So that's another great way to uh, attend some of these events also. And while you're there, drop an email to the show. We answer some questions here on the show from time to time. So 
Let's jump in and tackle a couple as we wrap it up this week. Let's see what Wade's got for you. He says, hey, Mike, my wife and I both earn pretty nice incomes, and we don't have any kids. We're about 45, and we think we are looking at a possible reasonable, that's pretty funny, retirement within the next 10 years. Any steps we need to do to make this happen? Well, first of all, Wade, I think that's impressive if you can retire um, 55. Yeah, yeah, 55. If you can do that, great. Um, one thing I would still you know, get in plan, and we talked about planning here, is, is make sure that plan fits for you. Uh, because l- what a lot of people aren't thinking about is the cost of health care, out-of-pocket health care yeah, expenses. So Medicare doesn't kick in until 65. And unless you're working for the federal government and you have the amount of years in, you know, we work with a lot of um, people from the VA, but there's a uh, minimum retirement age and you can keep the health care cost um, I think it's age 57, but uh, so you, retiring sooner than that, you'd have to cover healthcare somewhere, and it could cost you, you know, $500 a month. We go with a really high deductible, kind of more of a emergency plan, or it could cost you twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a month. So if you can afford to do that, that's one thing I would look at to make sure that you're going to be fine financially covering healthcare for roughly 10 years. Uh, but get a plan together and just make sure that fits before you make any rash decisions. And anything can happen in the market the next 10 years as well. It's good to have that backup plan. Yeah, and that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that one up because if they're making nice incomes and they don't have any kids, odds are, he didn't say, that they're probably putting some money away, which is great. But, yeah, usually the medical side is the part that gets early retirees. They don't really think about that, and it can be pretty hefty. So good advice there. Uh, thanks, Wade, for the email question. We certainly appreciate it. Again, reach out to Mike, 855 987 88 88 to follow up on that question and and have a conversation a little further in depth. Uh, Let's see what George has got for you. George says, I've heard you talking about being aware of risk in the portfolio. I'm 65. So how much risk should that be? Well, there's two parts to that is, you know, what level of risk should you be at? And Mm -hmm. that's really determined what your risk tolerance is. And we, we have a risk assessment we go over with everybody who comes in to find out, you know, what are your comfort level for risk? Are you moderate? Are you moderate aggressive? Are you conservative or somewhere in between? So that's the, you know, what's your risk tolerance? You know, that's of what you're putting at risk. And the other question is, what percentage of your portfolio should you have at risk as you get older? Now, at 65, um, if you're retired or not, most retirees want to, you know, the older you get, the less risk, you know, of your portfolio should you know, be in the market. Mm-hmm. So we believe in downsizing that percentage in the market as well. So you might be a moderate risk, you know, tolerance, uh, but maybe it's only suitable for you to have, you know, 40 to 60% of your money in, in the market. So it all has to be, it comes down to the planning as well and your comfort level for that. And as long as you have that plan in place, what we remind people a lot is, you know, sometimes we look at their portfolios, they're taking on so much risk and we say, well, this is great. You already have enough money for retirement and we're showing that you're not going to run out of money. Uh, but <laughs> I said, what's going to make a, <laughs> what, what will mean more to, more to you in this next year? If the market made, if you made 20 to 25% of your portfolio, is that going to make a huge difference? No, it'd be nice, right? But what if you lost 35 to 40%? How would you react to that? And they said, well, yeah, I don't want to do that. That would affect me more. I said, well, why you have so much of your all your eggs in one basket, for the, so to speak? So let's just reevaluate things, and uh, let's make sure your retirement is guaranteed. You already have the money's guaranteed. Let's make sure it is guaranteed and you don't screw it up. Yeah. So um, essentially, that's what we're looking at when it comes to risk. Yeah, especially if you've already won the game, so to speak. Quit passing the ball. 
right? You exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, run the ball or take a knee, right? One of the two. So, got to uh, give the Vikings uh, some of that, and 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 the Panthers. I yeah. mean, we've <laughs> neither one of them have not done so a great good job of that. Yeah, yeah, not so great. That's for sure. Well, you know, again, it, it's one of those things where it comes down to the plan, like you said. You can get a risk analysis done. Very often, people find out they say, "Oh, I, you know, I don't want to have very much risk. My portfolio is pretty safe." And you do a risk analysis. Many times, clients come back and they find out that they're way more at risk than they thought they were. So right. always a good idea to get one of those things done. Uh, let's do one more here, and then we'll wrap it up this week okay. on the podcast. Mike, Vicky says, Mike, I don't think my kids are expecting an inheritance because I've been a single mom most of their lives, but I also don't want to be a financial burden to them at some point. So I'm thinking about work until 70 so I can get the highest possible payout on Social Security benefit. A lot of people kind of go back and forth with this, Mike. They, there's the conversation about the break point. Like, at what point do you have to take that into account so you can see you know, does it make sense to go to seventy or just full retirement age? Yeah, well, Vicky, if you're um, if you're able to work till seventy, and I understand uh, for singles, not couples, there's a less mar- margin for error for you. So True. you don't yeah. ha- you don't have that backup plan of another social security, another income, or a pension, or what or investments. It's just your investments. It's your income. And what we're finding is singles do have to work longer. Typically, they do have to make sure their retirement is going to be more guaranteed. And by doing that, if you can work till 70s, a lot of times that's what's happening, and you get your biggest Social Security at 70 as well. Now, when it comes to the inheritance part, totally understandable, being a single mom, and your kids aren't expecting that. But just to make sure your retirement is going to be more suitable, I guess, uh, be in the positive, be more solvent, you know, delaying Social Security and adding to those Social Security benefits up till age 70 is going to make a huge impact. You know, when you talked about, you know, you don't want to be a burden to your children. I mean, the two biggest fears for retirees is not running out of money is number one what before they run out of life and the second one is they don't want to be a burden to your children and that's what you're stating here mm-hmm. um, it might be the best choice by working as long as you can and getting your social security benefit to the full maximum it will help you yeah it all comes back to getting a strategy put together and and you know whether you're if you're checking out the podcast, if you're not already working with Mike, obviously, then you know this. That's why you're asking these questions. Come in for a strategy. Come in for a session. Sit down, have a conversation, and run through some of this stuff to kind of see. There's so many facets that go into the retirement planning process that oftentimes it kind of blows people away about how I didn't think this would affect that and that affects this and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of these pieces that go together. So as always, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Thanks for having me on as a guest host this week while Ben is out. Uh, don't forget you can subscribe on. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, all that good stuff. You can find all of it at principalpreservationservices.com. That's where the podcast will be posted, and you can subscribe through any of those apps if you'd like. You can find all that information, again, at the website, principalpreservationservices.com. Of course, you can also just find them on the app as well. If you have any immediate questions before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional like Mike. He is the founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services, 855-987-8888. Mike, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was, it was a fun time. It was a fun time, too. Uh, did a great job. Thanks, Mark. Oh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next time here on the podcast. This has been Reality Retirement Podcast with Mike Coynan. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.